the Acts reading and the Galatians reading are two different accounts of the same event in early church history. Uh, it's called, the event is, is called the Jerusalem Council. Comes at a point uh, very early, not, not much after Pentecost, when Christianity um, had been preached to the Jews and the Gentiles, and the question arose, what is absolutely necessary to believe for a Christian, and what is ne absolutely necessary for a Christian to do? There was, there was a segment of the early church that said uh, one had to keep the Jewish laws, one had to keep the Mosaic Code, and one had to keep the dietary laws, and one had to be circumcised in order to be a Christian. In a sense, as Martin Luther says, one had to become a Jew before one became a Christian. That was problematic to the Gentiles who practiced none of that. Um, and, and Paul would say, no, all one is, is it needs to do is be saved uh, by the grace of God, that we're all saved by the grace of God. And there, were, there was this big division in the church, this big conflict. Luke kind of, um, and Luke's kind of a peacemaker. He glosses over the account. He does say there was uh, no, no small debate over this. There was no small discussion. But he, he talks about it as if everything ended amicably. Paul, on the other hand, as Paul is given to do, uh, gets sarcastic. He he kind of attacks the, his, his opponents. Um, he, Paul's kind of bristly around this. The resolution of this argument, in a sense, is never resolved. Churches are still dealing with it now. But in, in Acts, it says, well, we're going to agree to disagree, but what we'll agree on is that people should not be unchaste. They should... Uh, not engage in the pollution of idols, and they should not eat food uh, that's strangled in blood and keep the dietary laws. Paul doesn't acknowledge any of that. He just says, um, we will agree to have the offering for the poor. Now, you might be thinking, who cares about any of this? Who, you know, it's thousands of years old. Who cares about what is essential to be a Christian uh, what is necessary? Well, I mean, this is, this is the debate in the United Methodist Church now. That's kind of what that February General Conference was about. What is necessary? What is non-negotiable for a United Methodist to be and for a United Methodist to believe? And on an even smaller scale, local churches kind of have these practices of what is necessary to believe and what is necessary to do? What makes one in and what makes one out? Yeah. Um, I was brought up when, in a church uh, where you didn't, you were defined by what you didn't do. You know, you didn't drink, smoke, dance, play cards, uh, or dance, uh, or to go to movies on Sunday. I remember the first time my, my family went to a movie on Sunday. It was, my gosh, it was earth-shaking. Uh, in those days, movie theaters were not in suburbs. They were downtown. We went to the, the parking garage downtown, 
and then walked two blocks to the movie theater. And the whole way, my mother's walking like this. Yeah, in case somebody from the church would catch us. Yeah. Um, some churches, you know, say in order to be a Christian, uh, one must take the Bible literally, that it's infallible. Others say, you, you know, you must believe the creation story that, that God created in six days. Some, you know, women cannot wear pants. Boy, did you fail today, didn't you? Uh, cannot wear pants in church. I, I had a church that had a rule for the women in its choir that their earrings could only hang down so far. Uh, I don't know what they would have done with earrings on men in the choir. <laughs> yeah. We have those. I, in, 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 in Orthodox denominations, there used to be a big argument whether one crossed oneself with two fingers or three. Two for the two natures of Christ, three for the Trinity. I mean, people died over this kind of stuff. Uh, I could go on and on. What makes a Christian, you know, what is essential is important. It makes a church into a church of laws. And I feel that the United Methodist Church is becoming a church of laws. That might be fine for our country, but I'm not sure we want to be a church of laws dictating everything that is essential and so much that's essential. Sometimes I think the disciples had it really easy. All they had to do was follow Jesus. Uh, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and, and love your neighbor as yourself. That was, seems to be it for Jesus. You know, they didn't have to worry about what goes on in the communion. Is the bread the body, and is the wine the blood? And, and uh, they didn't have to worry about explaining the virgin birth and so on. They just had to love Jesus and follow Jesus. C.S. Lewis talks um, in Screwtape Letters about Christianity and. It's where you take Christianity and add things to it. And, you know, Christianity, you believe in Christ and you must have this stance politically. Christianity and you must have this belief about whether or not uh, to dance in church, you know. And he says what happens is what comes after the and becomes more important than Christianity. And, and that happens when we get confused on what is essential and what isn't. John Wesley was, was guided by a, by a principle on this what is essential and what is not essential. Wesley said, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, love. I'm going to repeat that for those of you who take notes. In essentials, comma, unity, semicolon. In non-essentials, comma, liberty, semicolon. 
in all things, comma, love, period. Think that you're going on a trip. What do you pack for your trip? Well, it makes it's important on where you're going as to what you'll pack. If you're going to the North Pole, would you pack flip-flops? No. That's not essential. Would you pack a Hawaiian shirt? No. I know, some people would. No. Would you pack the thickest winter coat you've got? Yes, that's essential. Would you pack an organ or fine crystal? No, that's non-essential. Would you pack boots? Yes, that's essential. You could see it that we're on a journey to God. What's essential for us to pack? In essentials, unity. I would maintain that what is essential is grace, our understanding of grace and the dimensions of grace. And Wesley talks about grace in three dimensions. One is what he calls provenient grace, which is God's love that comes to us initially. It's not that God loves us because we are so wonderful. It's that God loves us because that's God's nature. God reaches out to us and seeks us to share God's love with us. That notion of prevenient grace of God loving us first is essential to our faith. Then the notion of what Wesley calls justifying grace where we say, I get it. I get it that God loves me and God has been seeking me. And I say yes to God and choose to love God. That is essential. And then the third expression of grace is what Wesley calls sanctifying grace, where God works within us to make us more Christ-like, more forgiving, more loving, more accepting, more generous, more merciful. We become little Christ. I would maintain that grace is essential. And this kind of spins into the essential belief of death and resurrection, not just for Jesus, but for us, that we die to things that we die to greed, that we die to self-centeredness, that we die to anger, and are resurrected as loving, forgiving people. And this notion of grace and death and resurrection flows into a notion not only of hope, not only of joy, but of community. Luke says, we believe that all those who have received the grace of God 
are one without distinction and that God's grace is not only for the Gentiles but also for us. There's a sense of community and a sense of oneness in the grace of God that pulls us together. So we journey to God in grace, that God first loved us and our response is to share that grace with others. Then the next part of that is in non-essentials, liberty. Wesley wrote a sermon called The Catholic Spirit in which he lays out what is essential. And he says, if you love the Lord, put your hand in mine. And he says, we may disagree on points of doctrine, but they're not essential. If you love the Lord, put your hand in mine. We may disagree on how to do baptism, whether you dunk, whether you sprinkle, or whether you pour, or whether you do communion at all, uh, baptism at all. That's non-essential, and we have our liberty to do what we want. We may have different doctrines of communion. We may disagree on whether you even have communion. That's a non-essential. Do you love the Lord? Put your hand in mine. We may disagree on how to organize a church. Is the minister appointed or called? What kind of governing body you have? Doesn't matter. It's not essential. There was very little that Wesley was willing to go to war over. Paul um, talks about it this way in Galatians. In Christ, there is neither male nor female, slave nor poor, rich, uh, rich or poor, uh, Jew or Gentile. That these distinctions don't matter that I am a straight white male might, you know, it does shape who I am. But what shapes me is the grace that God gives me. And that straightness as a distinction is non-essential. Does it really matter if the person preaching up here is gay or straight? as long as the grace of God's being proclaimed? Does it really matter if the person up here is male or female, as long as the grace of God is being proclaimed? Does it really matter if the person up here is a Democrat or a Republican, as long as the grace of God is being proclaimed? These are non-essentials. Then, In all things, love. We don't demonize our enemies. We don't demonize those with whom we disagree. We don't ostracize, we don't look down or gossip or create factions. In all things, love. Love is the boundary. Love is how we react. 
Augustine said, have love and then do whatever you want. Of course, whatever you want would be defined by your love. As we journey to God, it's important what we take and what we don't take, but it's important that in that journey we love the whole way. When we were um, discussing this text in Sermon Starters, uh, which is in the parlor, we discuss that every Tuesday morning. One of the people in, in our group said, you know, during this whole discussion, I've been looking at the quilt that hangs in the parlor. This is the quilt that we made several years ago as part of our stewardship drive, and each of you was asked to bring in a piece of, of fabric that expressed your, your faith journey. And the person said, you know, I looked at that quilt and I thought, what was essential to make that quilt? He said, initially I thought you had to have a square that was the same size because every square is the same size. That was essential. And then he said, I looked closer and it wasn't the square that was essential because the things on the squares, some were circles, some were rectangles, some were long lines, some were, some were socks, some were little child dresses, some were parts of t-shirts. He said it, it, the shape wasn't essential, and the color wasn't essential, and the fabric wasn't essential. And he said what was necessary, what was essential to make that quilt was that a person gave something of their life and the quilter put it together so that it could be used. And I thought, you know, that's pretty much it. What's essential? What's essential in our Christian journey? It's that we respond to the grace of God by giving ourselves and letting God use us in love. You know, we are back to love the Lord, love your neighbor as yourself. As we come forward for communion, we come called by the grace of God to receive the grace of God and to leave sharing that grace. That's what is essential. God calls us so we can be used to share God's love. May it be so. Amen.